Each of the four synoptic gospels begins in a way that connects the gospel to the audience that author is trying to reach. Matthew, who speaks to a Jewish audience, begins with a genealogy that connects Jesus directly with the earliest leaders of the Jewish faith, Abraham and Moses. Luke, who speaks to an audience that includes Gentiles, has a genealogy that goes back before Abraham to Adam, the forebear of all humans, Jews and Gentiles. And in our first chapter reading from Mark today, the gospel where Jesus brings freedom to those whose lives are bound by brokenness and sin, Jesus begins by picking a fight with an unclean spirit. Jesus and his disciples travel to Capernaum. On the Sabbath, they enter the synagogue and Jesus teaches. The listeners were astounded at this teaching because he taught as one having authority and not as the usual rabbis. Just then a man with an unclean spirit stood up and cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And this was in the synagogue of all places. But Jesus rebukes him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. The people watching this happen are so moved by Jesus' bold teaching and power over this spirit of oppression that his fame spreads quickly throughout Galilee. Sam Riedel, our youth director at Mount Olivet, is leading a Bible study for youth, and they are reading and studying Mark's gospel. At a recent meeting when they were studying this passage, one of the youth asked Sam the question, have our pastors ever been heckled or challenged in worship like Jesus was on this day? Well, for this pastor, the answer is, yes, I have. It was at a previous church on the Sunday of Martin Luther King weekend. Prior to the service, a longtime member approached me as I was preparing to follow the choir in the worship procession. She asked, you're not going to mention that, she used the N-word, name in your sermon today, are you? Because if you are, tell me now so I don't embarrass you later in the service. Well, I was dumbstruck. I had a million things on my mind and this was not one of them. I don't know where they came from, but the words that left my mouth were, you'll just have to wait and see. Well, as it turns out, I did mention Dr. King in my sermon that day. And even if I had not planned on doing so, I might have at that point just for spite. As soon as I mentioned his name, this woman stood up. She always sat on the first or second pew right in front of the pulpit. And everyone saw her stand up. And she said, well, I've never. And she turned and proceeded to walk defiantly down the long aisle from the front of the sanctuary to the narthex 
in the rear. The entire congregation could hear, hear her muttering all the way to the door that leads to the church parking lot. Well, what do you do after an exit like that? I picked up in my sermon right where I left off, as if nothing happened. The question that haunts me to this day, though, is how could I love someone like this? I mean, I was her pastor. I'm called to love someone like this. How could I be her pastor? How could I tolerate such behavior? Well, the answers to these questions are found in today's reading. When Jesus confronts a man possessed with an unclean spirit, he loves the man who is possessed, but Jesus rebukes the spirit within him. He separates the two, a lesson that was not lost on our youth who recognized this. For our youth this morning, thank you for your question and your insight. In Mark's gospel, our God is a God of the broken, and our church is a fellowship of the needy. That's pretty much all it takes to be a member of Jesus' disciples, both then and now. Recognition of our deep need and trust that Jesus has come to meet that need. I suspect that we have all come into the presence of someone who seemingly uncontrollably does things that are entirely inappropriate, says things that probably should not be said. Our tendency is to avoid them. And when we do, we fall into the trap of conflating something potentially beyond their control with their humanity. We write them off as lost. I wrote that woman off as an overt racist not cognizant at the time of my own more covert participation in systemic racism. Jesus separates the brokenness in someone's life from their personhood. He extends mercy and hope because we are all sinners and stand in need of redemption. After all, the only one who recognized God's presence when Jesus cried in despair from the cross, was the one who crucified him. We love the broken person because Jesus loved the broken person. We love the sinner because Jesus loved the sinner, not the sin, but the sinner. Think of those places of brokenness or disappointment or fear in your life. God does not stay away from you because of these challenges or shortcomings. Rather, Jesus draws nearest to you precisely in these moments. And as for the brokenness of others, perhaps in your family or among friends or at work or in the neighborhood, you know, that neighbor, you may wonder if God might be choosing to work through you to be a means of God's grace, to draw that person to a new life, to free them from something that enslaves them. You see, God is still at work casting out the unclean spirits of the world, and God is using you and me to do this. 
As for the woman who stormed out of worship that day, how could I love her? How could I serve as her pastor? How could I tolerate her behavior? Well, I could not tolerate her behavior, and I had to be her pastor. So I called her the next day and made an appointment to visit her in her home. And I discovered that despite her behavior and her overtly racist thoughts and labels, she still looked at me as her pastor, that there was a respect there, that while many had written her off as a kook, I was one of the few who would not let her off the hook. I did not run away. And why? Well, why is because... I did love her. She was a child of God, and I had hoped that God's grace would in some way free her from, from the walls that her brokenness had built around her. And what could I do as her pastor, as her brother in Christ, as a fellow sinner? As a means of God's grace, I could do nothing but extend mercy and a living hope for her life. Thanks be to God. Amen.